In this episode, you will hear from a great dancer, performer, singer, instructor who has been in the entertainment industry for over 30 years. He's been in big stages in movies, had a talent agency, and much more. I met Carl as a hip-hop instructor in Boston as we happened to teach in the same dance school, the Dance Complex. I went to some of his classes, and let me tell you, they were challenging, but his energy and his happiness was truly contagious and made it fun and very enjoyable. Carl Ajayne now chooses to work from his home as his family has grown. He has five kids, two foster kids, and three of his own with his beautiful wife. And he's now helping other business owners, entrepreneurs, and dads navigate through this thing called life through his mentorship and coaching. With him, we talk about how dancing and music save him from going through a not-so-healthy path, what a good instructor is, what being humble means and how it can impact your life, the power of helping each other, what he applies to everything he does and so can you, how your kids can reflect how you lead and serve and show up, the impact of teaching and leading by example, what it means to be present, how to bring more fun into your life, the power of choice. And for those only listening, let me tell you that there's a lot of grooving and swinging movements that I wish you could see. So stay tuned for the video edition. Now, some of you have been asking how to support this podcast, and right now, the best way is by sharing on social media with your friends, your family, your coworkers, and leaving a five-star review in Apple Podcasts and in Audible. Ready for this episode? Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different life events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. So today I have an amazing dancer, teacher, performer, and life coach with me. He has been in the entertainment industry for over 32 years, and he's not over 60. <laughs> he started young. He's a native Bostonian. For those from other countries, that means from Boston, USA. He's a performer, teacher, and choreographer. He has performed in front of thousands of people, sharing the stage with artists such as Gladys Knight, the late Ray Charles, the OJs, Fabulous, Speech of the Arrested Development, Syrup Don John, Neil Young, and many others. He did a West Coast tour with the three-time Boston Music Award-winning R&B band called Eye to Eye. He has performed at the Symphony Hall in Boston at Hillary Clinton's event, where the Go-Go Dolls were also special guests. He has choreographed and coached for the film Furry Vengeance, starring Brendan Fraser, Brooke Shields, and King Young, performed at the movie What's Your Number with Chris Evans and Anna Harris, and also Night and Day, starring Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise. He spent a few years in New York City working with his talent agency that he started, TTA Talent Agency, representing choreographers and dancers who work with projects and artists such as Michael Jackson, Destiny's Child, Chris Brown, The Rolling Stone, Don Omar, and a lot more. Carl brings personality, style, and knowledge to the table. God has blessed him to make great impact on the entertainment industry, and now he's making a great impact as a life coach with his own podcast also and much more. He's now focused on helping dads to live their fullest potential in the areas of personal development, passion, purpose, 
and entrepreneurship. So welcome to Carl Ayene. Hi, Carl. Hey there. Thank you. It's great to have. Thank thanks for having me aboard. I appreciate it. No, it's my really pleasure. Excited. And I know we started with some technical difficulties on my side. All but good. I, I am amazed to have you here. I, I met Carl uh, when we were teaching in Boston and uh, we were teaching in the same dance school, which is a dance complex. And we used to finish our classes or start the classes. I don't remember that, but we will always go through your, you know, see you there, like teaching all this hip hop. And I loved it. I took a few classes with you. And the thing that I remember the most is, of course, going to the back of the class and then doing all these very difficult steps for me. <laughs> and you saying in the front, okay, the people moving their hips like salsa, this is not salsa. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to quit moving my hips and I figured, okay, this is gonna be harder than I thought. <laughs> But you're an amazing instructor, amazing person. And I would like to, I mean, for you to share a little bit of your journey, what got you into dancing and teaching um, so that we can know a little bit of Carl. Sure. No, I'm, you know, it's, wow, you're taking me back. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's interesting because when I was younger, um, I didn't, I, I was, I, I was so awkward. Not that I felt awkward, I was just awkward. You know, I um, was going through a lot in my life. My parents got divorced. I didn't know how to find my place. I didn't have the guidance to know how to find my place, mm -hmm. you know? So um, dance, you know, just stumbled upon it. You know, uh, you know, I was in, at that point I was in middle school and I did a play called The Wiz. Mm -hmm. And I was, <laughs> I was a yellow brick road. Like, go figure, yellow brick road, what? <laughs> You know, so um, that's that was my my role. But it was from that performance that my friend's um, brother asked me to be join his singing group, and it was called Casual Male. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, we trained hard dancing. Um, they also sang. I didn't know how to sing, but you know, being part of the group, you you got to do. You know, I had to had to learn how to sing too. Um, and so I, from that point, I developed the skill set of uh, learning how to sing and learning how to dance as well. And uh, we trained every day. And then we went to a, uh, a place called Boston City Lights. There's an organization called Boston City Lights ran by Duggan Hill. Mm -hmm. And he kicked our behind and he whipped us into shape, trained us, and we got better and better. And we also had a manager, uh, Rick, Rick Edwards. And um, that was very special because that, gave me so much confidence having those individuals in my life gave me confidence to pursue the dance and as we did more performances actually the first performance we did was at the villa victoria oh wow nice yeah villa victoria um wolf 1988 89 wow um one of those dates and then um you know it, as we performed we just got more momentum we got better and better so i got more confidence with my dance, I got more confidence with my performance and stage presence. And um, that really helped me a lot through my my youth and my teenage years uh, to be more confident, uh, to be able to uh, connect with people. Cause I connecting with people was a scary thing for me, mm -hmm. you know? And then also being in the, in the city, you know, a lot of my, you know, different 
different friends of mine, they turned to drugs or gangs or, you know, they were just trying to get through life, you know, mm-hmm. living in an inner city, you know? So that, you know, it was such a savior, for lack of better words, for me, mm-hmm. learning how to dance and getting into it. And, and as time went on, you know, I got, you know, we we got a record deal. We, that that fell through, unfortunately. Uh, you know, eventually I I came out of that group for different reasons. Um, and then I took about a year and a half off, a year off. And then friends of mine saw me dance at a, actually at a, at a church event, saw me dance. And then they invited me to Paris to perform in Paris the, at the Palais de Congrès. Oh, wow. Conference. And I was like, what? I don't know what that means, but I'm on board. I just went to <laughs> Paris. I'll go. <laughs> so, you know, that gave me much more confidence as I, as I joined that band. And then from there, I did have some experiences when, as far as teaching, when, you know, with my singing group, you know, we had to teach each other the moves as well. You know, we had people help us, but we pretty much did our, we saw what other dancers did and we, we kind of imitated and kind of put our own spin to it, you know, but during that time when I, you know, time of me going to Paris and joining that new band, which is called Eye to Eye, mm-hmm. I started teaching then. You know, I, I stumbled upon places like Impulse Dance Studio in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw people like the late, you know, Derek Davis, rest in peace. Um, and seeing him and Adrian Hawkins teach. And, and I got I got amazed at that. And then from there, I also joined a, a dance group called Funk Phenomenon. Um, and, and being part of the, being in that, in that atmosphere just gave me the buzz and the bug to, to start teaching as well. So that's how I got into it. Nice. And that was like around, oof, whoa, that was like around uh, 19, 1998 into 1999. Oh, wow, that's, that's when we started too in, in Boston. Really? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. 1998, that's when we wow. started. Yeah. And then I came to the dance complex to th- like 2001-ish. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I've been teaching at the dance complex for that long. You know, this, you know, the, with the pandemic and everything, I took a break, mm-hmm. but started teaching at least. I teach one class there now, um, as of like last month. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So that's my story. It's I love teaching people. It just it just helps. What I love about teaching people is that I love how I love watching people connect the dots. Because uh-huh. I know the struggle. The struggle's real when it comes to connecting dots in life. Yeah. You know, no matter what it is, learning a new skill or trying to connect with people or trying to find your own way, mm-hmm. you know, in life, you know, connecting the dots is so important. And so I get the chance to visually see that with people. And then I love when they when they when they're learning, they're struggling, they're like, I don't know how to do this. I can't do this. To oh Carl, I could do this. Oh, oh, you know, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't need you. <laughs> you know, I just I just love that process because it shows me that I was a part of their journey. And that's that's an extension of me yeah. and my influence, you know. So what's yeah. your definition of a good instructor? Uh, my definition of a good instructor? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. My definition of a good instructor is one who is willing, not even say can, because I think everyone can, but one who's willing to engage with the needs of the individual that's about to get the learning, mm-hmm. you know? So if someone comes in and they're like, look, I, whether, you know, hey, I've been doing it for a while. I just want to learn to tweak a couple of moves or I had never done this. I have no rhythm. Mm-hmm. 
being able to teach that person rhythm or meeting that person where they're at so they can get to their destination. That for me, that's a good definition of a teacher. And also, you know, be kind, be be kind and nice, you know, Mm -hmm. because it ain't that bad. Life ain't that bad. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's, there's nothing wrong with spreading a little joy, right? Yes. Having some fun, making Please. things fun. Yes. You know? So. Because I know in dancing, there's uh, sometimes a lot of like, watch me what I do. And then I'm a dance instructor, you know, and that's not a dance instructor. That's a, just copy me. That's you're not teaching, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. So, so it's, it's good to hear like, what's a good dance instructor for you. And uh, cause I know you are, Thank you, you, you break down things a lot. So it's nice. Yeah, just, you know, there, and it's good. It's a good parallel to life too, because with dance there, there are different intricacies. Like even mm-hmm. when we talk about the hips, not moving the hips and it's interesting. The reason I love what I love in sauce. I love the hips. It's so, ah, oh, so sassy. It's so it's <laughs> yeah. fire. It's, it's, it's sexy. It's fire. It's amazing. It's amazing. But with hip hop, there's a different vibe where, you know, it's like you're moving more of the upper body. Yeah. So you have to transfer the 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 isolation from the hips to the torso and the the shoulders and the attitude and you know all that stuff. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when, you know, I I'd always say that because the the that's what I, that's a good example of the intricacies. Like you you walking people through through that and, and helping people to make that connection. You know. Yeah. And how do you navigate with the ego in dancing? You know, <laughs> the ego, <laughs> the ego. Uh-huh. Uh Oh, for, for me or for other people or both? Well, both. Yeah. Ah. Because in, in, in visual arts, there can be a lot of ego and ego is not bad. It's just how you handle what, what it means to you, you know? So what, right. does it, what does it mean to you? How do you see it? How have you, felt it from your students from yourself right um yeah i think i think eagles um a a tool it could be used for good or used for bad you know and it's interesting you know i I know you mentioned that you know i had my tte it was a talent agency i used to have actually and when i was part of that agency i learned so much about dancers i learned i work with top dancers i work with dancers who would just try to break into the industry dancers who've been in the industry for years Dancers who even created certain trends oh, wow. and your fullest potential. So for me, that helped. That was a good learning lesson for me to learn how to be humble, you know, and to, um, yeah, to, to be humble and to not not let my ego get the best of me. Because when we learn from that being a talent agent is that, you know, the dance world, in some ways, it's a big world. But in other ways, it's a very small world. Like over here in America, with everything going on with the pandemic, the artists, they were, you know, they were supported with certain grants and stuff, but there was so much, there were politics with that stuff, like people meeting quotas and things like that. Artists weren't taken care of. Mm. But the reality is art artists and what artists do are very important and very valuable for people in, in our society to be, to have better mental health, better mm-hmm. emotional health spiritual, physical health, all those things are important. But when tough times happen, we ain't, we're not taken care of, Yeah, you know? So, you know, and that's, that's kind of like a fast forward to how it is now, but though the talent agency experience and that experience, you know, even with the pandemic really, it was really humbling, you know? So when I'm even talking to other artists, I'm like, okay, well, if an artist have a, have beef with another artist or a certain artist aren't getting along or 
they don't see their value in themselves. I'm, you know, I, I try to talk to them about humility and, and looking out for each other and, and also knowing your own value. Because when you know your own value, you have a good head on your shoulders anyway. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be humble. You don't have to be arrogant about it, you know, or mm-hmm. have an ego. You could, you could be humble and say, you know what? All right, let's do this. Let's, let's make a difference. Let me make a difference in someone's life now. The, all these people are coming not to see me. They're coming to get inspired. Mm-hmm. And let me, let me live my fullest potential and inspire people. That's the way I look at it, you know, now. But those experiences gave me, um, I feel like it gave me that maturity, you know, taught me a lot. It's very humbling too. So it's kind of finding a, a balance and giving it a different meaning to, to what it is and, and how you, your intention of what you do and how you approach other artists, what makes a difference and gives you more balance in what ego or not ego is, right? Right. And, you know, and, and just even learning the power of intention. And I think part of this is, you know, as I train and, and, and still training and as being a life coach, you, you know, I, I get to examine myself, but I get to help other people out, you know, and just listen and, and just the, the struggle of knowing your own value and knowing your own potential and stepping out into that space mm-hmm. is hard in and of itself. But in some ways it's humbling too, but between dance and even that there is a parallel. So I, th- I think those experiences have really helped me out. Yeah. Um, to, to get perspective on it. Now, none of us are perfect, you know. Um, no? You and mean? I think, I, no, <laughs> yeah, this, hey, this might be, this might be new news. <laughs> but I think also being a parent, you know, yeah. being a parent, you know, you just like, hey, I'm tired. I ain't got no time to, for this or that. I, hey, I'm here, but my, my eyes are barely open. Yeah. My eyes are red. <laughs> Late <laughs> night last night. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it kind of just says, you know what? Hey, here I am. This is all I got. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said you talk about this of the the recognizing your own value, and I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with, um, not only in dancing, in any area, you know, in any profession, in any area. How right. how do you help? You know, now that you're a life coach, to to for people to find their own value, and in dancing too. What are things that that you do to help? Right, a lot of you know what, what I love doing. I, I'm a one of the things for me. I'm a content creator, so I get juiced about t- whether it's um, you know my my niche right now. My focus is with dads, you know. But I if I see someone, help them out. You know what I mean. But I like helping people to say, hey, remember, don't you know, or did you not know? Like there are so many hours in the day, and it's not a lot. How can you make the most of it? So giving, dropping breadcrumbs and helping people to think about it, the bread, you know, those breadcrumbs that I drop, um, I love to learn. I love research. It just blows me away how much information is out there. Yeah. For free. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So for me, that's one of the key ways for me, you know, just putting out content every week, you know, whether it's a blog or a video and then putting entertainment in it. That's where the entertainment side comes in. I could put mm-hmm. entertainment with the with the content, make it fun, make someone laugh. And the one thing I learned about comedians when you know when they make people laugh, they really also give you something to think about and you're yeah, more in a yeah. position to think about it cuz you're you're more relaxed, you're laughing and Exactly. So I try to put those things in there as well when I'm giving out content, you know, so to people to think about their own value, you know, whether you're a dad or whether you're a mom or a sister or, or, or a son or brother, whoever, because 
yeah, the, the, the short time that we're here, it's important that we make the most of, um, of our time and yeah. live our fullest potential and, and figure out what that means for each individual and, and, and feeling the freedom and knowing and having the freedom to figure out what that is for each individual. Yeah. And then when, and also another side of the coin too, when I'm getting together with a client, you know, I love, I think about it like this. I think about becoming a blank canvas, you know, for the painters, they have the blank canvas. Yes. Cause before I was like, Oh, I gotta be able to know this or that and, or teach this or that. But throw all that out the window, blank canvas, and just paint and let the person talk about their experiences and and finding ways to help them to connect the dots without even giving them the advice, letting them just connect the dots. Mm -hmm. And that's where even the dance, the history that, you know, the the, the dance and everything and teaching is helpful for me because I, I have that experience in helping people to connect the dots, using that as a life coach, helping them to connect the dots in their individual lives, you know, as well. And then hopefully my hope out of that is they can see their value. That could be one of the key things they get out of that. Or to say, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I I can do this. What was I thinking? Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay, oh, here's my thought. Okay, now I need to take the steps into it. That's a whole other part of it, but at least they get started on their journey. Yeah. That makes sense? Yes, yes, yes. And what made you start the journey of a life coach? Good question. You know, there's a lot of life experiences I have for myself. You know, one, just not, like I mentioned before, not having anyone to point me in the right direction. Now, I did have, as a teenager, I did have some people who tried to coach me, but I wasn't trying to have anyone coach me then. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't coachable. (laughs) I was not coachable. No way. I was avoiding. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Literally avoiding people. But I did realize as I got older, wow, I wish I knew this or knew that. And so at those points, I was at a point of just blaming my, uh, blaming other people or blaming circumstances. And then as I, you know, got married and had my kids and, you know, just realizing like, wow, this, I got no one else to point the finger. I could point my finger at my wife, but that ain't going to do anything. No. So I need to figure out how to point, you know, my finger at me. And then that's when I got, you know, introduced to, to like a books like um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That was one of the key books for me. I love that, you know, just, and it gave me a different perspective on how to look at things, you know, Uh and and to understand that us as people, we look at life and and experiences in different ways. And that is okay. And and then figuring out how to get to a common place where we could figure out how we're looking at life and then being able to work together interdependently. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I read, you know, I read that book, I was like, that was like one of the starts of my journey. I'm like, this is, this is something I need to explore more. So that, that was a whole thing of personal development for me. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, okay, well, as time went on, okay, the more I know, the more I apply, the best way to learn is to teach. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to get in this position of teaching how to do this stuff, even though, and then I had to come, you know, my, I had to overcome my own roadblocks, you know, everyone still has roadblocks, you know, but, oh, can I, can I teach it? No, I'm not, who am I to teach it? I, I came from the inner city, the streets, you know, whatever. And what if I come to someone who, who has a totally different background from me, but realizing, you know what, none of that matters. How can I help people and help assist people and help create the space for someone to make the transformations in their lives, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so just coming to those realizations, I just got really passionate about it. I love it. 
combining that, I have also have a marketing background with the businesses that I own, including the talent agency. I, I just love marketing because there is a personal side of that where you're connecting, whether you know, there's a whole, the whole side of things where people comes across salesy and other things like that. Yeah. All that stuff's out there too. But at the very general sense, you're connecting with other people. Yeah. You're serving. Yeah. You're serving, Mm -hmm. you know, and how can you help? How can you help people? How can you serve people? Like you mentioned, how can you help them to get to the next stage? Cause everyone's struggling. If we all help each other, guess who's going to get better? All of us, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that helped me to have more of an abundance mentality um, as I approach things as well. So that just real, just realizing that from a, the whole personal development thing and then building on from that to the, okay, well, I love to become a life coach. You know, honestly, last November, I was scared. <laughs> you know, I was figuring out what I wanted to do because I had a, I also had a digital a, a social media agency mm-hmm. and I, I, I didn't want to be pigeonholed into something. I just wanted to be my authentic self. And, and I believe in searching, searching and seeing what works for me and what I like and what I didn't like, you know? So last November, I realized, I realized, wow, this life coaching thing is, is, I love it. It's really cool, but I was scared to take that step. So I just decided to take the steps. I, I started a podcast, Dad's Parenting Boldly podcast. I started a Facebook group and I uh, started connecting with people. Some people I didn't know, some people I did know. Um, and just, just started getting momentum from that, nice. you know, and that was really helpful for me because I realized, wow, the things that people are struggling with, these are struggles that I have too. And the, the power and being able to help each other out, there's such a power there. And, um, I got passionate more about the dad's thing because I realized that, you know, for, for many different reasons, dad, you know, society has such a negative connotation towards dads. Unfortunately, there are a lot of dads who haven't been able to live up there to their potential, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I really got passionate and said, you know, what? I really want to make a difference in that. We're all human beings. We make mistakes. You know, some dads tried their best. Some other dads didn't try their best because they didn't know how to mm-hmm. try their best. Mm-hmm. So how can I step in and help teach and share from my experience? And I felt so blessed because for me, I have... Um, I have seven, I have seven of us. I'll say seven kids. No, that's not seven. No. I have five, <laughs> like, yeah. right? Seven. You get what? a couple more. Yes. You have a school. <laughs> I have five kids. It is me and my wife. So there's seven of us. Okay. And, and I have, you know, three of my own and I have two foster boys, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, looking at them, I just, I just love sitting back, looking at them. And I try not to be like, well, I didn't have this. I wish I had this because that could get unhealthy. Yeah if I'm not careful, but I just love looking back at them and saying, you know what, you know, I don't know how their life's going to pan out, but look at them, at them, where they're at right now, how happy they are and the tools that I can help them out with and how they help me out too. They help me to be humble. They call me out when I mess up. (laughs) (laughs) When I didn't clean up after myself, Hey dad, you know, dad, you said not, what about this? You know, and the, the human side of all of that, it's beautiful. That that just blows me away how a family unit can help each other to 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 get better and, and to um, level up. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just, you know, from all that, I just got, you know, and of course, you know, my experience of being a kid, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. So there's motivation from that too. 
I just uh, felt the the need and you know believe like wow there is a need for this and and uh, I'm gonna do my best to learn and level up so I can help my neighbor help the next person uh, yeah. level up as well and also have fun with it as well you know parenting can be fun <laughs> you know. <laughs> so diapers can be fun yeah diapers can be fun they'll be this stinky you don't want to run away from them no but they're fun they can be fun <laughs> maybe not at the moment <laughs> when so, it's over it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah when it's over it's gonna be like a lot of fun it's yeah. funny we had a we had a vacation last week we went to florida and we had a great time we did tubing we um, we went on a boat, the tubing, and now I'll, I'll keep it real with you. I don't like being in water. You don't? No, do not, do <laughs> not. But I got on because I'm like, let me conquer my fear. Because I did realize that my, one of my roadblocks was like my uncle used to play around with me when I was a kid and dip my head in the water, and oh, he, you know, okay. yeah. you know, family members could joke around with you, but that was traumatizing for me. Yeah, yeah. So talking to my wife, I'm like, yeah, that's a fear I need to get over. So I got in there. I had a blast. It was crazy. Nice. You know? But that was our vacation. But next week, I'm going on vacation just with just me and my wife. So just being able to set, figure out how to set and create space for the family in ways that will help set them up for success, as well as myself, because that's important too. Yeah. As a parent, you know, and as well as my wife. Yeah. You know, so, you know I just think about those things and that's, those things have been really helpful to me. Uh, as far as just just having a, a wholesome family as much, you know, and, and just living your fullest potential, even as a family. What, what made you choose uh, to be a foster parent? Because that's not an easy route to be a parent. Mm. Um, well, yeah, this uh, it, it, that came to us. OK. In a very, very short time. <laughs> You know, it was with this, with, with our kids, you know, it was, it was a hard situation, you know, with the parents, you know, and we knew one of the kids from before actually. And, you know, as time went on, you know, that situation happened and it happened quickly where DCF was like, Hey, yeah, we have these kids. And we're like, look, we would love to try to, um, to have, be, to be their foster parents. Now, it happened so fast. It happens like it literally it happened on a Tuesday night where they got into custody with DCF. Wednesday, my wife, no, Wednesday, my wife called and then they talked again. Thursday, they were at a house. Oh, wow. So in a matter of. So you were hours, fully prepared. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Talk, talk, oh, we were ready. We had, we had everything planned. We were ready. We were ready to rock. We had everything prepped, <laughs> you know, but, but one of the special things that happened when that just shows when, when the pressure's on, right. And you, your, your back's against the wall. So for lack of better words, you know, you never know what your potential is. You never know what you can do and you never know what um, you never know how you rise to the occasion. Mm -hmm. So that it was a short amount of time, but I tell you what, we did a lot of praying and, and talking and, and we also talked to our kids. That was one of the key things. The three kids we had, we sat them down and me and my wife, we work as a team like, hey, how are we going to speak to them? Should we say this or that? Or, oh, no, I don't think so. You know, we're, we're always trying to think about that. So that's one of the key things we did. And then the second thing is we talked with them um, over dinner and then they asked us questions and, you know, through that experience, you know, just being reminded 
and also learning more that, hey, talking and being real with your kids and being vulnerable with your kids with, hey, this is, unfortunately, this is life and this is where things are at. What do you guys think about it? We told them we wouldn't do it unless we had their permission, unless mm-hmm. they felt great about it, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we, we needed to have a good, strong, solid dynamic with the family. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they said, are they their kids? Oh yeah. Well, they knew they knew the the bro, one of the brothers, the other guy. They're young and they're staying with us. And woohoo, they're kids. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and so, the party. You know, woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> but time went on. Yeah. On, you know, and it got longer because when you become a foster parent, you don't know how long the process is. You know, you go in. You might. You might not go in the direction of adoption. You know, which is different. Mm-hmm. So as time went on, it's like okay, the time of testing is coming now. Mm-hmm. it's not all video games and fun and you know yeah, yeah real life experiences when they when these kids or or my kids and when they go through their, tr- their challenges or traumas or struggles you know how are we able to deal with it as a family how are we able to navigate um so that was pretty much the time of testing and and honestly it's been wow it's been whew, oh my gosh it's been about almost three years wow so, you know, but that's how I, we got into it. It just got, it came upon us really quick. We had to make a quick decision, but we we made a thorough decision with prayer and just thoroughly deciding and talking it through and talking it through with our kids and seeing what they thought about it. And that was, that was one of the key things for us, communication, thorough yeah. communication. Yeah. It's interesting because I think of uh, being a parent, foster parent, uh, seeing, you know, sometimes in life we want security and we want like planning. And, and I think foster parent is completely like the opposite of that because it's, in your case, it came like that really quickly. And then you don't know what the future is going to hold because you don't know how long they're going to stay with you. You don't know. Right. You can't make a, you know, a plan. You don't know in which direction you're going. So you're literally living, you know, kind of day by day. I'm sure it's not day by day, but almost. And, and that's a good analogy for our things in life where we think we can plan everything and, and, and sometimes and look for all the security of the world. And that's not, you know, that's not realistic or it's good to have this flexibility because life will throw at you, in your case, kids, you know, so. Kids. And it forces you to be flexible. It forces you to be dynamic. It forces you to be growing and, you know, have a growth mindset and abundance mindset where you're sharing your family with another family. So that's truly amazing. Right. You know, and it, it just definitely called me higher to, Whenever I swing, I think about I got I'm rep, I got my Red Sox jersey yeah. on. <laughs> I think about being at bat. You yeah. know, you come to the plate, and the, you know some you know thought leaders talk about that too. Gary V talked about that. You're a you're you're at bat moment, and for me, it just reminds me. Okay, this is an opportunity right now. I need to swing for the fences every moment I have, and that's how baseball players get better. They swing for the fences. That's how they get the home runs. You swing. And um, it just reminds me of that, just swinging for the fences with everything I do. Mm-hmm. And then and then it goes to another level, too, because now even as a, as a parent, it's like, OK, well, I know there's some people watching. <laughs> My kids are watching. My wife's watching. So th- there's a movie, um, Remember the Titans. And there's a saying where one of the um, uh, students says to the, uh, the other, basically, attitude reflects leadership. 
because uh, that the other guy wasn't being a good leader. And then he said, look, attitude reflects leadership. And so I think I take that with me in my household, like everything I do, you know, my, my kids and my wife are watching mm-hmm. So and, and how they are. I mean, they got to take responsibility for their own actions, but how they re- how they are can re- it, it can and most likely does, you know, um, reflect how I lead mm-hmm. and how I serve. Yeah. How I how I show up. Yeah, it's so funny because I just talked yesterday to someone who was saying exactly the same. He's also a parent. And mm. uh, and he was saying, you know, sometimes you feel like maybe you want to do something different, but they're watching. They're always watching. Your kids are always watching. <laughs> and I want to set an example and I have values and I have to live up to those values because I want to transmit those values. And the example is is the only way for, you know, it's it's that's the best way, giving example. And it's interesting because when my when I coach too, one of the things I I I have with my framework is hey, eighty percent, eighty percent example, twenty percent talk. Mm-hmm. Now with the twenty percent talk, I need to speak a lot, not not too much, you know, but just me speaking a lot. Meaning I need to make sure I express. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like just stoic and quiet and yeah, yeah, you know, just just with everyday life, but my example needs to ring so loud. Yeah. So loud, you know, and part of it, I love that, yeah. you know, it's challenging, but I love it because it's like, whoa, how I did, you know, I'm just in a place in life right now too. Just, I just love to learn and I love to grow because there's so much, we all have so much potential yeah. and then we can share that potential with each other. It's, it's, it's crazy how things can be, yeah. you know what I mean? So you know, that's, that's just where my head's at right now. But I've been thinking about that. Just 80% example, 20% talk. Let's go for it. Where is the more example you give, the less you have to talk. Right. It's it's like that. Yeah. And you don't even have to talk sometimes if you give the example, you know, very true. Yeah. And I I experienced that with, even as an entertainer, you know, in in teaching, like I, I I was very deliberate about setting an example and being humble around circles and like so that gives that gave me a reputation really my humility because even as a as a talent I'm like not that I'm down on myself but I wasn't the best talent I wasn't trying to be either I just wanted to have fun and enjoy it (laughs) you know yeah but my example needed to reign where okay people knew I needed to you know I I just love being humble and love to be around you know um so you also said something beautiful that you know, you can say a lot of things and you can put a lot of values, but when they're tested is when you really see what you're made of. And you were saying like in your family, you know, videos and everything, but now is the time for the testing. Now is the time to see whether we're really in together for all of these. And it's even an analogy that you can use in dancing where it's great to teach great dancers, but you learn more by teaching people that cannot dance because that's really the challenge when you take someone who says I cannot I you know this is impossible and then you can take them to the journey and then you can really test whether you are a good teacher you know to teach someone that has it easy to learn it's easy you know to right. say you have great values when life is going well is is great but you know are you really that person and then to find out that you really have that potential and you bring it out on a test, you know, quote, quote, um, that's, that's the beauty because then you also great, you know, gain, you gain more confidence also out of it. 
and you see the person that you are. So that's also nice that you were sharing that in the experience of your family and also in your dancing. Right, yeah. right. And it's interesting too, you know, and this is something I'm marinating on, um, you know, with art, dance, you know, music, it's one of those things where you're not even talking a lot unless you're saying, woohoo, yeah, and all that stuff, you know, but the communication is so radiant. Yeah. The language, the talk, the, 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 the visual conversation, the feeling, the, the, the emotion, the endorphins that are given off are just amazing. You know, there's none, there's nothing like it. So yeah, I've been marinating on that. Do you, do you teach uh, dancing to your children? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I was, you know, but you know, then he, then it's humbling because like, oh, uh, I, I, that's nice, but I'm not into it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I had to train myself to be like, okay, you don't want to dance? All right. Because my smallest one, he's seven. When he was six, I was doing online classes early this year, you know, and I, you know, my thing is I had to bribe him. Hey, you, you know, I'll get you a V-Bucks for your video game if you come take dance class. So he was, he was, amped. he loved, he was fired up about that. And he's very, you know, he's very talented with, with dance. He has that potential, but so I didn't want to force him, but I also wanted to give him some incentive. Yeah. So at a certain point, it's just like, okay, that's nice. I don't want to dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. Okay. That's cool. Like, you know, I couldn't be like, what are you crazy? But yeah. you know, all right all right so i do not uh you know when they were younger even my daughter i was she's super talented but she's she's finding herself and doing her thing you know yeah. and i'm just trying to be a cheerleader <laughs> that's cool yeah i think it's hard when you know you see the potential and you're like oh yeah 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 and that's one of the things that helped me even when I was a talent agent, because we got, we had parents who were coming in and bringing their kids and they were controlling. They were like, my kid has to do this. And I was like, mm. so I kind of feel, I, I see how it can make the kid feel. Yeah. You know, so I think that helped me along the way too, that experience. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in me, I'm like, oh, come on, do it. You're so amazing. You'd be so, this would be so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> And what is called a big challenge that you have gone through? Big challenge? Um, that's a good question. You know, um, you know, for me, my last year, my my mother-in-law, you know, unfortunately, you know, she lost her life to COVID. Mm. Um, you know, that's it's affected so many people, all of us, so many mm -hmm. people, so many different ways. Um, but that was really hard because that was a big shift in my life because she was the matriarch of our family. I mean, my mom, it is, I have my mom too, but as far as my wife's side of the family, she was the, I mean, everyone went over there every week, Sunday lunch, she cooked macaroni and cheese, fried chicken and barbecues in the back of the house. So she was the go-to person. She was the matriarch. And then just realizing she's just not there anymore. You know, that was really, really hard for myself and my wife. You know, but we also realized that we felt the need to become the matriarch and patriarch of our family as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and in different ways that there was an honor to feel that, but in other ways, it kind of not not a burden, but it just felt like, oh, not there anymore. Um, so that was really hard. That was yeah, last um June 2020. And it was on my son's birthday. Oh where wow. She, she passed away. Yeah, yeah, it was just 
really hard. So just just helping during that time, just help, just our, helping ourselves through that time, but also helping our our kids out. They couldn't get out get out and do things they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. My son couldn't enjoy his birthday, and you know the the something we tried to throw him it wasn't ideal in what he wanted to do. He couldn't mm-hmm. go to his prom, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um. So just just though that experience was really really tough. What did you learn from it? Um, that's a good question. Um, what did I learn from it? And sometimes the hindsight window is longer, but you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think for me, you know, just and it's 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 interesting because I I feel like I'm still learning this lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's just being spread out to other areas of my life, learning how to be present, mm-hmm. learning how to just be there. And it's interesting because, and what do I mean by that? You know, just being present, being there, being in the moment where you're at. I mean, that's kind of like a, for lack of better words, to some, it could be a buzzword, being mm-hmm. being present. Um, but just being there, because there's so much that happens in a day. There's only a certain amount of, there, you know, a certain amount of seconds in, the, in a day, in 24 hours in a day. And there's only so much you can do but when we're not present and we're worrying or frustrated or whatever, we crush the experience of being there, right there for ourselves and for other people. And even being present, that means that also can mean not feeling guilty about that, mm-hmm. but just recognizing it. So for me, that was the big lesson, being present. And like I mentioned, it's, it's, I'm still learning it. And it's, it's, it comes out in the other areas of my life. My son's going to come in at some point and take a nap. I'm in my office now. He's going to lay down on my couch. <laughs> I'm, I might be busy building, um, putting together some content. Someone's going to come in and say something crazy and so random. Being present for that and saying, oh, really? <laughs> and being silly. Yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, it's, it's, that's taught me a lot. Even with my kids, you know, like I'll do random stuff in a day. Like I play a game with my daughter where I'll, I'll, you know, if we're barefoot, I'll step on her foot. And then she tries to do it to me. She tries to do it to me. And then we're running around the house chasing each other like that. Mm-hmm. You know, cool. and something simple as that. But emotionally, she's going to remember that. Yeah. Possibly for the rest of her life. Yeah. yeah so the sure. simple things in, be, in being present, you know, you just, the power of being present, it just speaks so loud. And in some ways we can't articulate what it says and and but we can only experience those moments and and identify with oh wow when i was present this is what happened oh this was the moment that happened oh that happened happens with dance too someone does a cool move oh did you see that oh you know and it's it, it, it's parallel for so many um areas of our lives yeah i i see like in dancing is one of the most things that are present because even with the same, we do partnering. So in the partnering thing, it, it's, I think it's the same single. When you dance, you can dance the same song with the same person on a different day and it won't be the same thing. That right. day it was this way and this day is this way. And you can kind of feel, but maybe that day was special, you know, and today is a different special. So it's really present because even if you film it, 
it's not the same as recording a song. You record a song and you can play that song and it's kind of gonna, you know, people know one song and then they hear it live and it's different. So you have the live recordings and the non-live recordings. In dancing is, you can't, you know, you can't record it, but no, because if you do that again, it's not gonna be the same, you know? Be so different. it makes you be truly present on whatever you're doing and being really mindfulness about that moment, you know, so. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much richness. It's, it, there's so much, there's too much, there's so much richness that you can't articulate in a moment of being present. Mm -hmm. There's so much you can get out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's like ringing. I said it to someone in an interview I did with him. It's like ringing a rag yeah. and so much coming out of that rag. <laughs> it's I'll, say, I'll say water. I won't say sweat. I'll say water. <laughs> yes. <Coming out>. <laughs> you know, coming out of it. And it's so rich. And, and for me, I'm like, look, I want to look and see and get as much as I can out of that because life is so short. Yeah. That's you know? true. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now since you're funny and light and, and, and you know, you're always bringing lightness and fun to your life and the life around you. What can someone who's more serious or more, you know, I don't know, serious, we can say serious. Uh, how can they be more fun? Mm. What would you tell them? Mm. How can they be more fun? You know what? Everyone's fun. Uh -huh. You know, I, I, that's what I would say. Everyone's fun. And the question is, what is your fun? Because there's things that we do. Sub it's crazy that all so many things we do subconsciously. What's fun for some people is, but they don't may not realize it. They might be in traffic and they might nod their head and they might be listening to a song or they might sing in the shower, uh -huh. you know, becoming conscious of that, paying attention to that. Letting that become a parallel for other things you could do that are fun. Because of what, what I find with people when working with, with, with um, people too is, and this is a dance or even with life coaching is, you know, you're helping people to see their fun. With dance, you're helping people to see their vibe. Yeah. With life coaching, you're, you're helping people to see uh, their strengths as well. Mm -hmm. There's some things they may not see that they could work on, but the things that, they, that they're amazing at. You know what I'm saying? As human beings, like we could be good at seeing the amazing things that people do, but for ourselves, oh no, I'm just boring. I'm just this, I'm just that. So not true. We're amazing human beings. We're amazing beings. Mm -hmm. And so that's even for me, I'm trying to pay attention to the amazing things that I do and having fun, you know? Um, so for me, I got to a point of, of um, seeing the amazing things I'm doing and then talking to my wife, oh, oh, look at this, look at what I discovered. But I needed to take it a step further. You know, it was good for me to talk to her about it, but then, but most importantly to apply it and do it. So that they could see that 80%, my example. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and then I could talk about it too. That's cool, you know. <laughs> so, that makes sense. Yes, makes sense, makes sense. Is there anything else that you would like to share about your experience in life and your changes that you feel like could help, you know, the listeners? Mm. Yes. The, the, one of the, the biggest things for me is and I've just been thinking about a lot too, is just opportunity. Every moment is an opportunity. And this may sound cliche to some, but it's so not, it's so true. Every moment you have, the next three seconds are opportunities. Mm -hmm. Opportunities to smile, opportunities to enjoy yourself, opportunities to be present, opportunities to pay attention. 
even with smiling, paying attention to what smiling does for you, how much it brings joy, it can, it can bring joy to your heart, you know, how much I could focus on being genuine about smiling. It's a choice. You know, we're not like horses or, or tigers or lions and they're, they're instinct. Yeah. And you don't want to be around tigers and lions anyway, <laughs> unless you want to watch from a distance, cage or a zoo. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, but as human beings, we can make a choice. We have that ability to make a choice. Everyone listening to this podcast has the ability to make a choice mm-hmm. and to walk in that direction. That's, that, that's an opportunity right there. You know, so I, I try to, I try to um, explore that as much as I can daily and just seeing what that means for myself and how that can help me to level up in my fullest potential or live into my fullest potential. So that's the one thing I share. Make the most of every opportunity that you have now, tomorrow, three seconds from now. All that's opportunity. It's a whole bunch of opportunity around us, like just like air. Yeah. Make the most of it and be creative with it and have fun with it and discover, yeah. you know, be curious about it. So make, be here, be present, see every second as an opportunity make choices that also are fun for you and we're all set and we have a good future <laughs> yes have fun life is short enjoy yeah, it and yeah. pass it on yes. pass it on to your neighbor share it share it neighbor yeah. neighbor here you go i have to put the video version of you because you're like grooving and moving and <laughs> yeah, this is, I, i love talking about this stuff it's just like it's yeah. just amazing <laughs> The fact that we can talk about it and 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 make impact on people it's just it's crazy it's yeah you know I'm, i'm really grateful that i get an opportunity to, to do it you know yeah and you have an amazing podcast also as a platform to share all this knowledge and your wisdom and so we will put all the information on down on the notes of the episode so that people can connect with you and follow you and hear you in your podcast and hopefully also coach be coached by you Um, so thank you thank you Carl so much for your time for your wisdom for being here Um, I really enjoy while I was there taking your classes and seeing you smile and teaching so I'm sure you're going to impact a lot of people so thank you so much for being here Christina thank you so good to reconnect with you and see more for sure as well thank you